to have you with us uh baseball day in greenville beautiful baseball weather we got ecu and unc a little rematch action from the other day uh that's coming your way at uh, 6 30 tonight 6 15 airtime we'll kick uh take you up to that point uh here on 94.3 the game uh joe dooley coming up in a little bit charles coleman within the hour, entering his name into the transfer portal. I want to say I'm shocked, but I'm not. What do you think, Ben? Ben Byram's here today, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Ben. The show. Um, I guess I'm not shocked. I assume I'll, more more was coming. I'll put it that well, way. Well, no, I, I, I assumed as well, but I, I just, I didn't... I thought Coleman was going to stick around coming off the injury, but I guess not. A uh, thousand fifty are the uh, numbers in the uh, transfer portal. When we finished up the show yesterday, Ben, right? You remember that? Yep. There were a thousand thirty-two people in the, or at least some at some point last night, there were a thousand thirty-two names in the transfer portal. Do you know how many there were last year? It's got to be like a third of that, fourth of that, maybe. No, uh, no, no. A thousand thirty-one. Oh, okay. Right. That, but that was for the whole course of the portal in the off season. Oh, okay. In March already, there were more people. That. Yeah, well, I mean, there's one more than that. So, I mean, that yeah, it's going to smash that. You're going to wind up with close to two thousand kids, I think. And so we're we're going to talk to Joe Dooley coming up. I've also worked some sources on today on this uh, deal with Jalen Gardner or Jaden Gardner, excuse me. And, and here's the thing about Jaden Gardner. And this is what, this is the new normal in this thing. Third-party recruiting. People started, from what I can gather, people started to work, you know, on behalf of Jaden about, now whether they were telling Jaden you can go somewhere else or Jaden wanted to get out, you know, I haven't been able to figure that out so much. But, I mean, you know, he was he was basically people started doing it. And, and you know, I, I talked to a lot of different people today, good sources on this. And I mean, Jaden Gardner is, he's got a, some attention from some bigger sec, ACC, uh, big 12 schools. And look more power to him. 
But I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. He's a two-year guy now. He's got to be careful where he goes. But I think he's a two-year guy. Don't you, Ben? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's this year will be a do-over for him, and then he'll have another year. And I think that's the as far as him developing to the level he thinks he can develop to and that he aspires to develop to, which is to play professionally here, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably need every bit of those two years. If it's a guy that wants to, you know, have a shot to play here. And, and look, I, I think Jaden's custom built to play professionally somewhere more than likely overseas. And, you know, guys can make a ton of money overseas. Even Joe said that. I mean, he said that before the season. And, and that might be Jaden Gardner's fate. That's not a bad fate. Living abroad, making tax-free money. Some guys have made a nice living off that. And they're not having to do a whole lot now, you know. Hit the corner three. Learn to make the corner three, and you'll have a career overseas as long as you want. That's uh, that's the old blood, uh, Brett Blizzard rule. Hey, it was great to see Houston get to the final four, wasn't it, Ben? That was good. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm, look, you know if they win the national championship, you're going to see that corny, cheesy joke that we're technically national champions because we beat them. Right. Get ready for that. Yeah. I Look. Whatever. We'll take the Barstool Championship. <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll, something. We'll, we'll take that. Whatever. But, I mean, here's what here's all I care about. That was a monetary boon for the conference last night, especially in, on the heels of last year. That was a huge, huge uh, – did some looking into this today. And, I mean, that's, that's probably a million bucks coming the ECU Athletic Department's way because, you know, they do this in units – you get a different unit if you win, and then they pay it over an X amount of years. I think six years is what it is. But, I mean, that's that's some good money coming into ECU Athletics over six years. Money that is sorely needed right now, and that could go towards a lot of things. Uh, so, you know, Houston gets their share of it. The league office will get their their uh, share of it. And then everybody else in the remaining in the conference gets about a million dollars that it's paid out over the, the six-year period. I think that's fam- fabulous. No one, you know, state and wake fans ought to never root against Duke or UNC. Those two plus those two schools have made those places a lot of money over the years. Keeping you afloat. Yeah. Well, I mean, it helps look the TV money on, and then that on top of it. I mean, it's just, that's, you know, and and this is just, these are estimates, but I mean, they're pretty good estimates from what I understand. Point is there's a good amount of money going to be coming into to ECU coffers the next six years, and that's that's great. So, I mean, there are some things looking up. We've got our site up with the portal. We keep refreshing it every few minutes. Braxton Beverly decided to uh, move on today. Uh, he has uh, already found a landing spot as the uh, NC State guard. He's going to Eastern Kentucky. So that's kind of a grad transfer thing. Good for him. Look, gets to go somewhere where he's going to play a lot of minutes. So good for him. He's going to be the, the Col- guy at Eastern Kentucky. He might be yeah. the Coleman thing. Does it the Coleman thing does surprise me a little? Cause it, he was probably going to be the only, but I mean, you go now from having those seven footers and there you go. You see where you are now. It seemed it's like be a, coming up this year, he was going to be the guy and under center. Like he was going to be the starting center. It seemed like, but, uh, I, probably, but you know, I, I think he has a long way to go still. Yeah. To, oh to yeah. No a, doubt to have been a contributor. Um, so we'll see how all this shakes out. ECU football has uh, made its uh, announcement that they are halting activities after five spring practices because of uh, increased COVID 
activity within the program. Uh, it was ECU Pro Day. We're going to have that featured in our pirate report coming up uh, after we talk to Coach Dooley. So that's the uh, deal. Must win tonight uh, for ECU baseball. A lot of people are saying that. I mean, it, it, it's, it would certainly be helpful to win. I think you're getting the Tar Heels at a good time. They're coming off a, uh, a defeat at the hands of the Wolfpack, swept through. And uh, look, they had to finish up a game from Saturday last night or yesterday afternoon and then turn around and play game three of the series last night against the Wolfpack and State beat them in both games. So, I mean, they've got a situation where it's going to be um, – Back-to-back days they're playing. It's going to be a bullpen game tonight. Whose bullpen is in better shape? Pirates have had a couple of days to get their bullpen some rest and get it going. Get uh, the guys lined up that they want to bring in. You know, for Carolina, they've had to scramble a little bit. So this is a really good opportunity for Cliff Godwin's Pirates tonight. I like, you know, a lot of people kind of were like, hey, why are we starting? If you had a Sunday game this weekend, you maybe could have gone with your Sunday starter with Smitty tonight, but you can't do that because you don't have a Sunday game this week because it's Easter holiday. So that won't be the case. You're not going to be able to, uh, you know, you, you can't start, you know, Smitty tonight and then turn around and start him Saturday. You just can't do that. Uh, anyway, that's the, uh, that's that's the story there, and I, look, I like the fact that they're going with the guy tonight, um, and that he's, uh, you know, that he's not a North Carolina guy. You know, I think there's a little something to that. You start a guy that's not going to get caught up in all of the uh, the emotion. Tristan Kimmel, he's going to be someone who is going to go out there. He's going to be juiced to make his first start of the year. But I mean, he's from Denver, Colorado. What does he know? He thinks UNC's the University of Northern Colorado, right, Ben? That's who UNC is. Like the whole ECU Broody debacle, you know? Who knew there was East Central (laughs) out there and another Broody? Well, there you go. Uh, So uh, tonight uh, we'll have the final four rounded out. UConn, uh, I'm sorry, Gonzaga and USC play one another. UConn, where'd that come from? And then uh, UCLA and Michigan is the late game tonight. Of course, we have uh, a little bit of a connection to uh, to the UCLA a program with Mick uh, Cronin, who was at Cincinnati. And uh, this is, uh, we got some Mick Cronin audio here. I, we, I, for some reason, I couldn't find any post-game audio from Kelvin Sampson. I know there was some, but I just, I couldn't find it before we usually go get it from our sources. So, uh, but uh, hey, Houston breaking through. That's great. Here is uh, UCLA. Let's play the cut here, Ben. Bobby, bop, 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 bop. About the... The Michigan presents a unique challenge, according to Mick Cronin. Obviously, Michigan's going to be a great challenge. Uh, Juwan Howard, Coach Howard, does a great job. Uh, they're extremely efficient. Uh, I mean, they, they carve you up. So uh, it's going to be a different type of game. Obviously, Alabama was unbelievably fast in transition where uh, you know, Michigan's Big Ten basketball physical, but their execution is extremely impressive. I'm excited for Mick Cronin. I've always thought Mick Cronin was a really good coach. I didn't know if this was the greatest idea on earth, him going out there. But he's gone out there. He's brought some toughness. They don't get a whole lot of the West Coast pretty boys in the program anymore. They've got some guys who are tough and can play. And maybe, the, uh, look, I don't think any, UCLA's never getting back to where they were, but they can get back to being in a, a team that's a second weekend team. 
And Mick Cronin's the guy that I think can do that. So I, I would like... I would like to see Mick Cronin beat Michigan tonight, mainly because I didn't have Michigan going to the Final Four. I had Alabama in all my brackets, so this, you know, Bama. if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, sport. Alabama. Yes, I know, I know. I was a believer in Alabama, but you know, if it's if we're not gonna have uh, Alabama, let's have uh, Mick Cronin and UCLA go. Uh, I think Gonzaga could be some. In, I don't want to say in trouble tonight, but certainly they're going to get a good challenge tonight. The Mobley uh, Twins are fabulous for for the Trojans. Have you seen them play, Ben? They're great. Six, seven foot, six, ten. The guys can bring it up against the press. They can pass the ball. They're fantastic inside. Your guy, Timmy's going to have some issues tonight. Oh, Drew Timmy, look, he's going to shut them down. <laughs> By himself? Both <laughs> look, of them. Gonzaga's good, but Gonzaga's road is really tough with USC tonight and then potentially uh, Michigan in the semi- national semifinal. Gonzaga about 30. I, 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 Gonzaga probably by 30. wins. I don't think they win by 30. There's no way they win tonight by 30. I don't think. I, uh, you might be right, Ben, but I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Well, I, I, actually, I don't. I just don't think that's the case. Of course, Gonzaga's good. Gosh, they're good. They might win by 20, but they're not. But I, <laughs> but I, I, I think USC challenges them tonight. I really do. I think USC. Uh, Gonzaga wins, but USC is a real test for them tonight. I'll give it to you. The Mobley brothers are—they're something special for sure. They're awesome. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They really are. Uh, all right, so you'll have a lot of options tonight to watch and listen to. We'll uh, take you to ECU hoops, uh, rather ECU baseball tonight. Uh, the Pirates uh, taking on U- UNC, six uh, fifteen airtime with Coach and Corey, and then uh, six thirty will be the first pitch from Clark LeClaire Stadium. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun tonight. I, I think. Uh, our fans will be uh, be uh, fired up. This is kind of the first really big, big, you know, midweek with the uh, new crowd restrictions. Uh, and uh, I think this is going to be a big deal tonight for the uh, Pirate Faithful. Then they got to turn around Thursday for a big four-game set. So uh, we'll play some of the audio from Cliff Godwin from yesterday, our podcast with him that we didn't get to. Uh, but right now, a timeout. When we come back, Joe Dooley will be with us on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll talk Jaden Gardner. And uh, the future of the Pirate Basketball Program with the uh, head coach of ECU Basketball, Joe Dooley, on the other side here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Testing, testing. Is this thing live? Outkick with Clay Travis, the Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold, all right here. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. At Spain Telecom, we know customer service has to be number one. Sometimes we may see that a need arises to use your existing features on your present system that's not currently used. When it comes to making decisions for your company's communication, we will use every possible resource available. Spain Telecom will provide services to help complement plans for growth. We pride ourselves in putting our customers' needs first and helping them find ways to grow within their industry. We will analyze the needs of your company and present solutions that just make sense. We serve anywhere in Eastern North Carolina. Please give us a call today to see how we can improve your communication for your customers. Call us at 353-2006. That's 353-2006. Or you can check us out on the web at spain-telecom.com. That's spain-telecom.com. 
Does learning a language feel like this? No habla espanol. Hablo. It's hablo? Yes. It's hablo. <laughs> Bom dia. Like, good, good day, good morning, I think. I can say, je m'appelle David, but that's probably it. When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. This year is my year to get fluent in Spanish, and Babbel is definitely going to help me do that. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually need. Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. I've tried other language learning apps and nothing really stuck. Babbel's been a complete game-changer for me. Hoy es miércoles y el clima está muy bueno afuera. Estoy con fome. Yo no tomé café de mañana. Je suis des Etats-Unis et du viens tu. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey, this is Gray Fussell, and I'm a junior at East Carolina. In a few weeks, I'll be turning 21, and I hope to be celebrating a lot of pirate victories with a glass of Duple wine. As a proud member of Duple Winery's four-generational winemakers, I hope you'll join me. Duplin's deliciously sweet and easy-to-drink wines can be found in your favorite neighborhood store. Thanks for your support, and go Pirates. Oh, and if you see my mom, tell her she can finally stop hiding her hat or is red. I'm legal. Duple Winery, the winery of the South, Rose Hill, North Carolina, and North Myrtle Beach. It's a new year, and Country Mart at Stokes has a new attitude. If you haven't been in the Country Mart on Highway 903 in Stokes in a while, come on in. We think you'll see a totally new attitude. Country Mart in Stokes wants to be part of the community and wants to usher in 2021 with a brand new spirit and some new teammates working in the store. As always, Country Mart has shell gas and great snacks in the store. You'll also get that great Country Mart food hot off the grill. So come on back into the Country Mart Highway 903 in Stokes. They want to see you in 21. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, a friend. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943thegame and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943thegame and 943thegame.com. Pirate basketball coach Joe Dooley is uh, with us here, certainly uh, some of the major ECU basketball news of the last 24 hours to break was uh, the fact that Jaden Gardner entering the portal. Joe Dooley's been good enough uh, to join us. We had to schedule this with Joe last week, so we appreciate him still uh, taking a few minutes with us. Coach, always great to catch up with you. Hope you're doing well, all things considered. I'm doing fine. Uh, Coach, let's uh, let's just start with that. I mean, Jaden Gardner leaving, obviously – a tremendous uh, career uh, for ECU. Uh, he is, uh, le- and that's just, I, I guess this is just kind of the, the way it is now in college basketball as far as uh, with this free year, if you will, kids having the opportunity to, to explore options, and this is maybe the case of Jaden doing that. Well, I think it's, you're going to see it throughout college basketball. I mean, you look at the portal, there's already 1,100 people in there, and, uh, you know, I think the, the, what it's become now, and I think you're going to see this every year, is free agency. You know, with the one time you transfer, able to play right away, I think guys are going to, you know, explore their options and see what they can do. And uh, it just, uh, you'll, you'll see a ton of it. How, uh, you know, that does cut both ways because uh, there might be guys that you had once recruited that maybe enter the portal, and, and I'm sure there's a process to get reengaged with them. So that's the, that's the upswing uh, of this. Uh, the downside is, as you said, it's, it's, it's almost like AAU. It's almost like free agency. I mean, rosters are going to flip every year, at least this year, and, and it seems like this may be here to stay for a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you know the, the you you're having to reevaluate how you recruit. I mean, if you have a good high school player and you're not you know at the, the blue blood type program, people are going to recruit your guys all year. And I talked to a guy in the Ohio Valley conference this morning, and he told me he's lost three of his best players. People were you know people were already starting to call him and recruit him, and those guys have all put their name in the portal. They had a heck of a year, and, and he's going to lose three guys. And he, you know, he said that I'm not going to recruit high school guys anymore because if you have a good high school guy, someone will coach him. Uh, that's just the nature of the business, the way the recruiting's gone, and, and you have to adjust. I, and, and I don't want to belabor the Jaden Gardner point, but uh, and I know there's only so much you can maybe say here, but with Jaden, was it a communication with you? Was it a situation where you all were aware that maybe there was some interest coming from other players? How does that transpire? Because, you know, to the average fan, it looks very shocking. The team's leading scorer and rebounder, emerges in the transfer portal out, out of nowhere. Oh, well, no, there's, there, there's been rumblings, which, you know, every, every offseason, you know, what's going to happen with such. I mean, I, I look around with us, you know, Eastern Eastern Washington's, you know, this is an NCAA tournament, a player of the year in their conference, you know, put his name in the portal. I think guys want to see these opportunities. They, they watch these NBA guys move around as free agents. And I think that's sort of like a little bit of a trend. That's you know, sort of, you know, we, here we go. We've got an opportunity. I want to, explore something else and I, you know, I've done three years here and I can go do another year or two someplace else and see how that goes yeah uh Joe Dooley joining us uh here on the Patrick Johnson show we appreciate coach taking some time with us here today as far as the other guys that we've seen that are the older guys you you and I talked about this uh, maybe on air I think prior to one of uh, the games this year and then a little bit before we went here the older guy the senior guys because of the the scholarship situation at ECU, I mean, this is essentially they're graduating, and and whether they're taking a postgraduate transfer, uh, in a way, it, I guess it is a postgraduate transfer. In other words, these seniors have are, are leaving the program as seniors, kind of graduating and, and moving on. Well, every, you know, it's it's a weird deal. Everybody's got an additional year, so the numbers don't add up when you have you know guys that that you have thirteen scholarships that are counters. Now the NCA will allow you to retain guys that were seniors last year or in their last year of eligibility. I shouldn't say seniors, but the last year of eligibility. Right, yeah. And then retain a year. Uh, but, you know, you, then you have to pay for those scholarships. And that's obviously, you know, in a pandemic, that's not an easy thing to do. So, you know, all those guys will all graduate. You know, Batumba uh, and Edra and, and Pig and the JJ is going to need some classes in the fall. But those guys are additional years. They also are going to graduate. So, when you, if you take incoming freshmen or you take some transfers, you know those guys count towards your 13, whereas those got the guys that were, were in their last year of eligibility don't count towards that scholarship limit. Uh, we'll get into you know the way that recruiting is going and how you're kind of traversing this in, in just a moment. Uh, but uh, you know the thing I did want to ask you, Coach, a little bit about was. You know, what's your sense of what the NCAA is going to do with this? I mean, is this portal in its current form where there's no sitting out after transferring? Uh, is that here to stay for a little bit, you think? Oh, I think it's here to stay. I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, the one-time transfer, I think, is going to be okay. You know, it's going to, you know, go through. And uh, I like I said before, I do think it makes you reevaluate how you're going to recruit because, you know, these guys can transfer at any second, you know, if they, you know, want to come in or they, you know you, you, t- you take a road trip and they like the facility or they like the the town you know you can go ahead and you know transfer and experience something different so like i said it's like any like free agency 
get a chance to nose around, see who's interested, and make a decision on what's best for you. And I think it's uh, they, they've talked about student athlete uh, well being or giving them choices. And I, I know most people have said they're you know, a lot of this is in reaction to they're afraid of lawsuits. Uh, so I think the NCAA has gone and, and let them you know let these guys and girls choose where they want to go. And it's and, a, and be right away. And it's a one-time thing. In other words, if somebody does transfer again after transferring once, there's a period, at least right now, where they'd have to sit out a year. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Joe Dooley with us here. So, uh, certainly, uh, again, I think on the surface, this is stunning to a lot of people. But it, it's not like you're standing by Pat. I mean, I, I, you're recruiting uh, some of the kids you're bringing in from the high school level uh, that have already signed on. Uh, very good players, it appears, uh, and, and I'm sure you all are active in, in looking who's available in the transfer portal because there's thousands of kids available right now. Oh yeah, for the definitely. We've been in. Uh, the, here's the the way recruiting has become nowadays. You can't stop recruiting because you never know when guys are going to make decisions and uh, who you know who's influencing them or what they're thinking or whether they're just unhappy or, or whether the coach was unhappy. And I think there's a lot of variables that go into that. Uh, I do think that, you know, from that standpoint, you got to keep recruiting the entire time. And uh, like I said previously, we're probably going to have to change, or we have already changed a little bit, you know, what are you going to recruit a little bit different because of the portal and start recruiting more transfers, which we've been doing. I mean, there's some coaches, Joe, and you and I have talked about this too, uh, that, that are basically, they're not taking a whole lot of time to recruit high school kids. They're just recruiting to the portal. I mean, there are programs, well, yeah, that's what they're going to do now. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to two in the last day, and they're not going to recruit high school guys anymore. Uh, their whole theory was that even if you don't take a transfer, you've got them, and if they can't transfer on you, it gives you a little stability in your program. And, uh, I do think that there will be some of that. I mean, I, it's not the way I grew up coaching, but that's, right. you know, you got to be, a, a, you got to adjust and make sure that you, you, you know, you do have in your program and your team the best opportunity to be good. Some of that might be through the portal because maybe you can get some proven guys. The, the guys who are graduating, we've talked about them, those that have already entered that uh, did not have that extra year or opportunity of eligibility. I say graduating, but you know what I mean, that, that had that year of eligibility kind of remaining uh, one way or the other, at least one year of eligibility. Then there are those that are, I guess, considered kind of the underclassmen. Uh, do you anticipate any, any other players that we might see show up in the portal? I don't anticipate, but like I said, in this day and age, you need to know. Right, right. It's a daily, it's a daily, it's a daily deal. And, uh, you, know, you look at the portal and you're like everybody else. You look at, you know, see it in other schools and seeing, you know, guys going. And I, I do think everybody's making about the numbers of the portal, but it's a little deceptive because of all those guys that are getting an additional year. Right, All these right. schools don't have scholarships. I mean, so the, the numbers don't add up. And yeah. In order to do that, you know, some people are going to have to graduate or move or, you know, some of these guys are wanting, you know, initial year, which I understand, but, you know, they end up being sixth or seventh year, you know, players. Uh, and, and a lot of these schools don't have the money to have the additional players. No, I, that's the thing with this. You know, we're talking about what's best for the players. There are going to be some guys that are going to slip through the cracks on this thing. And, if, I mean, if they really want to play, they may have to play down a level. Well, the numbers don't add up. I mean, when you look at it right now, there's there's 4,400 and change scholarships. You know, you've got 356 or seven Division One programs. 
some of those programs don't have scholarships. Then you take in this year, you take in all the guys that have an additional year. Uh, you got all the guys in the portal. You have the 2021 class, the high school kids, the JUCO kids, the prep school kids. You throw in uh, you throw in international students, so you're saying there's probably about 150 international students, and then you throw in uh, Division two and Division three. So I've seen, uh, I've never seen such an influx of Division two and Division three guys going to Division one. Play, you know, they, they put their name in the portal and go from a Division two school, so they're taking a Division one scholarship. And then you also have the thing like the Ivy League. Those kids in the Ivy League got an additional year and they don't get scholarships. Right. Yeah. So the numbers aren't going to add up. Uh, the reason I asked about do you anticipate anybody, and again, what I'm getting at here is what what do you foresee as being the needs that you have addressed and that you're going to have to address with the you know next year's roster? I mean, it's it's almost a completely going to end up being completely a new roster because of circumstance. So, so what are the areas that you feel like, and boy, well, we well, this, this past year was so wild, I, you know, but what, what, what would you like this roster to have ideally? Well, obviously we need to continue to get better shooting. I think with, with some of the guys that we've added, you know, I do think that, you know, we've, we've addressed that. I do think obviously another frontline guy would, would be nice and, uh, you know, I, that, we'll just keep plugging away at the best available players. Point guard wise, uh, Noah Farrakhan uh, has has decided to to enter the portal, but then Rob Tremont Robinson White really made a lot of strides uh, this past year. Uh, assuming he's back uh, with every, I mean, do you foresee this guy being uh, someone that he's healthy now? He got better. He can he get even even better and improve even more uh, and, and be a guy that we can uh, rely on uh, next season. Well, I think Tremont can continue to get better. I think obviously Tristan. Uh, we got to get him healthy and get him back like like he played his freshman year. I think he was, you know, he was didn't play as well as he had. He had some spurts like he usually did, and I think he'll. I guess Tristan could really only be a sophomore, a true sophomore this coming year. Uh, he was a young freshman. You know, obviously we've, you know, we've, we've in recruiting we've addressed some of that with some of the guys we have committed that we think could play the point and, and or combo guard. So that's that's something we've, we've definitely addressed. I just think COVID really influenced everybody. But, I mean, with your program, you beat Houston. They're going to the Final Four. SMU, uh, postseason team, you play them tough in your building. Uh, you go on the road and you play the NIT champ uh, tough in their building. Uh, and it may not have been the exact order, but that was a trio of games, you know, that happened with Houston and then the other two. Uh, and then you guys have to shut it down. And I just don't ever think against UCF the and – the two times against UCF and the Cincinnati game where I was uh, doing that game, it just, I mean, you were there, but it just looked like your, your team had a, you know, had those stretches. And I just wonder, you played so well against uh, those previous three postseason opponents. Uh, again, I just, I think COVID really influenced in a bad way uh, your guys' season because it, it, it just seemed like really after Christmas, you guys could never get out of the starter block uh, appropriately. Well, it, 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 you know, it impacted a lot of people. I mean, obviously basketball, but it was a weird year for us. I mean, it, 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 you know, we, unfortunately for us, it got us a couple times. It got us right after Christmas and then it got us that whole stretch right after the, the SMU game. And, and, you know, we not being, you know, we, there was never any flow, never any, any continuity after Christmas. And uh, I, I felt good at Christmas. I mean, I didn't think we were the Lakers, but I felt like we were right. much improved and won the games that we were supposed to. And, uh, you know, 
you know, some bad timing with, with COVID, but there's nothing anybody can do. And the bottom line is no one cares. And that's all I got all the time. No one cares. No one cares that we've got, you know, guys out. No one, you, when you play the game, it's, it's a win or a loss. It's not an asterisk of, you know, so-and-so didn't play or we didn't, you know, those, those don't, you know, there's no excuses. You just got to get, we got to get better. Uh, got to continue to grow some of these younger guys, get, continue to recruit and, and add some pieces. Uh, coach, what what is the kind of plan for the guys on the active roster as far as uh, how much longer they'll be on campus, I assume, through the semester? And then what's the time off plan for the summer? And when would you get the roster uh, that you'll have for next season back on campus? Well, we're hoping that we're going to finish the semester out with the guys here right now. Uh, that way they have all the academic resources they need to, to get over to study hall, need tutoring you know, in person and uh, when they're done, we'll let them go home for about three or four weeks. And, and uh, uh, you know, they, they need to get out of here. They've, it's been a long year for everybody. Uh, I think it'll be good for them to get home and spend some time with their family. And then uh, we'll get them back here in early June and, and, and start to get ready to work. I appreciate your time greatly here. And, and you know, there's just a lot of questions I, I've gotten, a lot of questions that other people have been asking me to wanted to ask you. So I, uh, I'm, I know I'm peppering you here with a lot of stuff, so I appreciate uh, your, your candor as always. Uh, so what does the recruiting situation look like for you and your staff right now? As far as just, I mean, what, what is your guy's schedule? I mean, what, what can you do? What can you not do right now? I know oh, there's, we, we we're not allowed off campus. So uh, that's shut down. So probably at least July, from what we understand, I mean, May 31st, it's, it's, it's dead through already. So right. we're not allowed. We can do, you know, zoom stuff. You can obviously watch the AAU people are back, back in action. They're playing. We can't do anything live, and uh, we can't be off campus, and we can't have anybody on campus. So it does limit some things. But the AAU tournaments are starting again. Uh, people are starting to play. So uh, hopefully, at some point, uh, you know, in July, hopefully they'll let us back out to, to evaluate some things, you know, live and in person. So that that's it. July would be, and then what what class are you looking at with July? Do you feel like you'll have kind of everything wrapped up for this year, with you know any transfers or what have you, and then you're just Sort of looking and evaluating, you know, for the for yeah, the next we, year's we'll class. We'll be evaluating the twenty two and twenty three classes. And I would hope that we'd have our you know an entire twenty one class on campus and already working out and uh, preparing for the season. Gotcha. Uh, we got Joe Dooley here. Uh, quick thought on on Houston. Obviously, they qualified for the Final Four last night. Advanced. Um, you know, Oregon State made a great run at them at the end, but uh, they kind of had the resolve. You played them. Uh, Pirates beat them this year in Greenville. Uh, just your thoughts on that on that team, and uh, it's obviously big for the league to get a team in the Final Four. Oh, it's great for the league, and Kelvin's done an unbelievable job. Obviously, you know, they had 19 offensive rebounds. They they, they went went to the boards. You know, they, their defense was solid for the most part. They, you know, Jarrell I thought was good. Grimes was good. Uh, just really, really balanced. Really good defensively, and. Uh, you know, they, they make enough shots and they score enough because they of the extra possessions that they get. When you get that many more extra possessions, it gives you an opportunity, even if you don't shoot a high percentage, to, to get more points. They did a great job running through the backboard. Uh, Memphis wins the NIT, and uh, there was a team that you uh, also played really, really tough on their home court. Uh, probably uh, had a great shot to win, or did have a great shot to win that game, uh, but uh, tough to do on the road in this league. So Memphis wins. You know, their fans felt like they probably should have been in the NCAA tournament, but this is a, a, a win, I guess, for their program that gives them some momentum heading into the next year. I don't know how much of that game you caught. 
Uh, but obviously what Penny Hardaway has done there is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it's a great program. History, you know, you, you, you watch you know, a thing like last night. Younger fans don't realize how good Houston was. I believe this is their sixth Final Four. Uh, you know, Memphis is, you know, a storied program. It's played in Final Fours. Um, you know, great, great history. You know, obviously, Penny was a great player there, but they've been good for a long, long time. A lot of really good coaches and a lot of great players, especially from the Memphis area. And, you know, they've got some good young players. Cissé is a good player. I, I, I thought that Kogi Ellis played a little bit better. And, and uh, uh, you know, obviously, Quinonez and, and Williams kid, they've got some good depth and experience. Coach, I know there's a lot uh, going on. I appreciate your time always, and uh, anytime we can have you on, it's a, it's a real treat for us to do so. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Uh, Joe Dooley, there he goes. Hey, look, Joe's still – I mean, he's going to work. They're trying to get guys uh, guys in here, and, and, you know, don't be surprised if ECU is able to, to, to you know, there are, the kids they've signed I think are better. And, you know, now with Coleman, I mean, it's just this, there's going to be some opportunities to, because as he said, the numbers don't line up. There's going to be really very good players who maybe aren't going where they thought they were going to go. And uh, this is, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm anxious to see what uh, the pirate roster will look like. You know, obviously at this point, you got to pick up another big, I think, and and another shooter, but. The Jaden Gardner thing had more to do with Jaden and what he wanted to do, and, and I think less about anything to do with ECU. That's what I believe. Ben, you think I'm right on that, or am I am I off off target there? Strictly a business decision is what I like to yeah. put it. Yeah, no, I think you put it the right way. That's what it was. Uh, nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. I mean, this is nothing personal. This is, but look, what's happening? And look, it's not just at ECU. It, I mean, Davidson, Joe said it there. Your best two players are leaving. That's a great culture. It's a great academic institution. Central's whole team is leaving. And all we hear is how great Lavelle Moton is. Exactly. Uh, just guys want a fresh start. This experience this year or... And, and look, if you could snap your fingers and kind of start over, a lot of you would probably do that. I, I, I get it. I totally understand it. Uh, we've got baseball coming up 6:15. We're taking you to the airtime tonight. Uh, Ben's going to do an update for you when we come back from the break. Then we'll have a pirate report and really uh, drill down and preview the uh, baseball game tonight. Also have some audio from uh, Pirate Pro Day. So uh, stay tuned. All of that is coming up on the uh, other side here. And uh, Ben, with an update in just a minute. Patrick Johnson show. We're watching the transfer portal ever so closely. Ben with the very latest when we return. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate Baseball. I fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. 
Ben Barm here for your 94th Data Game Sports Update. We're counting on ECU baseball as they seek revenge on their home turf against the UNC Tar Heels before they head into conference play. Junior Tristan Kimmel will make his first start for the Pirates. You can hear all the action right here on your one and only flagship station of the ECU Pirates 94-3. The game with pregame coverage beginning at 6:15. Moving to ECU football, they've hit a wall as the program has paused all athletic activities as their latest testing results revealed an increase in COVID cases within the program. The Pirates have completed five practices so far this year since the 19th. From college basketball, former Pirate Junior Ford Jaden Garner has already garnered much interest in the transfer portal. The reported programs that have already reached out include Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Miami, Virginia, NC State, Oklahoma State, and Texas A&M. Fellow Pirates Miles James and Charles Coleman have also just entered the transfer portal. Moving forward to March Madness, we're one step closer to the Final Four. As top seeded Gonzaga takes on six-seeded USC at 7:15. The Bulldogs are, of course, favored by eight and a half points with the over/under at 153. And later on at 9:57, top seeded Michigan battles 11 seeded UCLA. The UCLA Bruins are six and a half point underdogs. The over/under at 135 and a half. Elsewhere in college hoops, NC State's Braxton, Braxton Beverly transfers to Eastern Kentucky, while Duke redshirt senior Patrick Tapay has entered the transfer portal from the NFL. It's officially NFL owners have approved a 17-game season. The league's already released the, each team's extra game for next season. The Panthers will play the Houston Texans. Texans, while for all you Washington football team fans out there, they've got an added game against the Buffalo Bills. While the lawsuits involving Deshaun Watson and sexual assault accusations get a little bit more heated, as there's supposedly evidence that Watson deleted Instagram message he had with the accusers, accusers we attempted to settle the cases. And the Panthers signed former BYU standout wide receiver Mika Simon after a light cell showing at BYU's Pro Day. Wrapping up with the Carolina Hurricanes, they're back in action tonight as they begin a new series on the road with the Chicago Blackhawks. Expected to start in the net for the Canes is rookie netminder Alex Nedeljkovic, while the Hawks are expected to start an impressive rookie of their own in Kevin Lankinen. Your 94th of the game sports update, I'm in Barham. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports.
you go, Ben Byram. Uh, number 11, according to this article, ECU, uh, will host uh, the first of nine straight games at home over the next couple of weeks. Uh, in-state foe, UNC, Tar Heels enter 13-7. and seven. Pirates are 17-5 and five overall. Uh, first pitch scheduled for 6.30 tonight. You can uh, check it out here on 94.3 The Game. We're taking you to that very special uh, airtime of 6.15. So the PJ Show will uh, continue to uh, roll on. For uh, East Carolina, this uh, will be uh, an opportunity to avenge last week's uh, setback in Chapel Hill. Going to be a, a bit of a pen game for uh, both sides tonight. Tristan Kimmel, the right-hander out of uh, Denver, Colorado, with a 6'10 ERA, will be making his eighth appearance, his first start of the year. It'll be Kimmel's uh, fourth start of his career. No record for Kimmel as he has uh, worked uh, 10 innings this year and uh, has uh, allowed seven hits, seven earned runs. He has fanned nine and walked two. Caleb Cozart is the right-hander that he will oppose. Cozart uh, for the Tar Heels, a 470 ERA, no record. His first start, his fifth appearance tonight. He's worked seven and two-thirds inning in uh, limited action so far this year. Five hits, six runs, four earned. He's walked five and struck out four. Tar Heels lead the all-time series 51-30. ECU's last win came in 2019, 9-5 at UNC. Uh, UNC, of course, winning 8-1 to the game a week ago between these two. Uh, the uh, Pirates right now, as we mentioned, 17-5 and in the RPI. They're number 9. The Heels in the RPI are number 38, and uh, they have the 13-9 uh, and mark coming in. Tar Heels are batting just uh, 250 as a team. Pirates are batting 287 uh, as an outfit. Pirates with 29 homers this year. The Heels with 28. And uh, the uh, matchup here tonight, uh, pitting a couple of teams that uh, certainly are have designs on hosting a regional, in ECU's case, trying to host a super regional. After tonight, Pirates will have uh, four games this weekend, starting Thursday against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Bearcats. That includes that doubleheader on Friday. And then uh, next weekend, it'll be the Memphis doubleheader on uh, April 9th followed by two more games before the Pirates head out for their first conference four-game set of the year when they'll go to Houston uh, middle of next month. Every week, uh, we have a podcast called Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin. It uh, rolls out on Mondays on 94.3 The Game. Uh, The website, that is, 94.3thegame.com. Coach Godwin, yesterday on that podcast, telling me that he thought simply his team couple things got outplayed in Chapel Hill a week ago and they also looked fatigued they played better than we did we did not play good we looked tired and I gave them Wednesday off after the game totally because I told them they looked physically and mentally just worn down yeah and um we had a long week the week before and what I mean by that is we don't play well at UNCW we had a really tough workout in the weight room on Thursday so I can be man enough and take it if, if that's why we lost on Tuesday because we were tired from the Thursday workout, extra in Friday, <laughs> right. had to come from Saturday, had to come from behind on Sunday. Monday was a very light day, but at the end of the day, look, man, these guys want to play professional baseball. <laughs> so the professional baseball, you, you play 162 games. And even in minor league baseball, you play over 100. And 
there's not a lot of off days. So you got to figure out how to get yourself mentally and physically prepared, which ultimately falls on me. I'm not blaming our players, but we've got to get ready for four game weekends. Right. And for, yeah. So we need to find another gear internally at times when maybe our bodies don't feel great. That is an interesting statement from uh, Cliff Godwin. We'll see how the Pirates respond tonight. Of course, only a two-game set this weekend with uh, St. John's and their COVID-19 problems. The Pirates uh, back on the uh, floor or back on the field make that on uh, uh, today for the first time after uh, losing 2-1 to Saturday at Elon. Some more thoughts of Cliff Godwin ahead of this matchup tonight. We talked about uh, the pitching that the Pirates possess. And, of course, Gavin Williams coming off the 11-strikeout performance on uh, Friday night against uh, Elon. He was named the American Pitcher of the Week. So the Pirates, even though it's going to be a bullpen game tonight, uh, you've got a UNC team that uh, is going to be doing the same thing. This weekend, it sets your four guys to start. uh, Williams, Cooch, Maynard, Wisenhunt, and uh, Smitty in no particular uh, order there. But it does have to be, uh, for Coach Godwin, I have to imagine, uh, something that is uh, a peace of mind knowing you've got four guys uh, that three of the four have a lot of experience but are big-time performers. Of course, Coach says they have to go out and make pitches. There's a lot of teams out there that got really good pitching. I mean, obviously, Vanderbilt got really good pitching. Yeah, true. This uh, has got really good pitching. Arkansas, Mississippi State, you look around. I mean, everybody's got dudes. So it's about going out there and executing one pitch at a time and just staying in the present moment. And if they can do that, then, yeah, we'll have a good chance of pitching well, playing well. Of course, this is the first week where there's no midweek uh, game, or the last week, I should say, where there will be a midweek game. Once conference play starts next week, no midweek games. Cliff Godwin on that uh, process because starting Thursday, because of the Easter holiday Sunday, Thursday there'll be two ga- uh, there'll be a single game, two games on Friday, and then a game on Saturday for the four-game conference series. Uh, the uh, timeline of that, according to Coach Godwin, plus some additional thoughts. I thought that we tried to wait as long as possible before making the decision, but they kind of forced us into making the decision. And, uh, you know, if we'd have waited a little bit longer, I think we would have stuck to the three-game weekend series and allowing the midweeks. But it's water on the bridge now. the coverage so with Clay Travis. Right. 40% of the season already. Yeah. Um, you know, by having played 22 games. So um, we uh, just have to focus on one pitch, one at bat at a time, one batter at a time. That's going to be the biggest message moving forward this week because if you look at the just the, the length of a weekend and four nine in a games you get your mind just can go to bad places so we need to worry about hey winning the first pitch of the first game and then go from there and you know if you're able and willing to play then you can go the next day if not then we'll get somebody else in there as for the Tar Heels tonight despite having a homer in every game of the series UNC dropped the series to NC State last night at Boshamer Stadium in Chapel Hill Wrapping up game two, Carolina held uh, NC State scoreless in the final inning, but they did drop a 6-1 decision. The Wolfpack continued into the final game of the series, which was played again last night uh, to clinch the finale 8-3. So Carolina 13-9 and overall. Uh, just as an aside, they are 8-6 uh, and six in ACC play this year. Pirates and Tar Heels tonight at 6.30 from Clark LeClaire Stadium. ECU Pro Day, as we shift gears on our Pirate Report, was uh, today. 
Uh, Jake Verity, Deontay Smith, who we'll hear from here in a couple of moments. Uh, Coach Houston, of course, uh, with a brief comment at the beginning of uh, this one uh, piece of audio that we had about uh, today. Also, uh, Blake Prohl was involved in uh, that today for uh, ECU Pro Day. And also uh, Kendall Futrell, the uh, former South Central uh, standout who played at ECU and was on uh, the practice squad for the uh, with the Bengals for a bit last year. He got a uh, another opportunity to go before the Pro Scouts uh, today in Moss for ECU Pro Day. This is Mike Houston and his thoughts and comments uh, this afternoon on uh, ECU Pro Day. Exciting day here. Uh, it was a great morning this morning uh, with uh, with Pro Day and uh, just you know really pleased with the turnout we had uh, with the number of teams represented and the number of scouts in attendance. Um, you know, before we kind of get to the Q&A stuff, just want to say a special thanks to, uh, to Ron Williams, uh, our director of player development, who, along with Big John Williams, our head strength coach, they coordinated planning out Pro Day. Uh, and Teron just did an outstanding job. It went very smooth. It was very organized. Uh, and just really appreciate him and his efforts in putting everything together. Um, really excited about the four guys that worked out this morning. Uh, Kendall Futrell, uh, who graduated two years ago. Uh, and then Jake Verity uh, from this past season, Blake Prohl from this past season, and of course, Deontay, who you guys want to speak with here in just a second. So, uh, you know, happy for all four of them and their, their performances today. And it was obvious the hard work and uh, preparation that they put into getting ready for today and pleased with how they performed. And, you know, looking forward to see uh, the opportunities that they receive. Uh, and looking forward to uh, watching them progress uh, in their next step in their football careers. And then uh, ECU senior Deontay Smith uh, talking before uh, several media members, including uh, many from the national media. Deontay was asked about uh, some people he has conferred with in this uh, process uh, to maybe help guide him along. And then Deontay was also asked had he heard specifically uh, from the uh, Super Bowl champ Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So two-part uh, question there, and the answer coming up from uh, Pirate offensive lineman Deontay Smith. Definitely been guys that I leaned on. Definitely been guys that I went to ask questions to or questions about things, you know what I mean? And uh, that's, that's going through the process with me now that's already been through the process. And, uh, you know, somebody that's really been a big help to me as far as that was is Gary McGinn. He's a former offensive lineman for us, and, you know what I mean, he's just been a, a great open ear for me. For your second question, uh, I've talked with all 32 teams, yes, sir. Deontay Smith was then asked about his uh, time at the Senior Bowl and some of the things that he learned as far as uh, going up against some of the very best college players during that week. For me, uh, going to the Senior Bowl was just like a big, uh, like sort of like dream come true, just something that I watched that I knew that I wanted to be a longer part of my process as I transitioned to the NFL and it's a blessing that I was able to have that opportunity. Um, <clears throat> some of the things that I learned, uh, you know, what I mean, a lot of the stuff I did was, you know, what I mean, a lot of stuff I learned at East Carolina through my coaches and everything there. But some of the things that I did learn was just like different sets and everything, especially at guard and uh, under Coach Myers and, you know, uh, just different things about hand placements and things of that nature. But I had a great time at the Super Bowl. And then a uh, reporter from uh, Augusta, Georgia, uh, the home area of Deontay Smith, uh, asked him about uh, representing 
uh, the Augusta area in Georgia and uh, being on the verge of achieving his NFL dream? Uh, nice uh, question from that television reporter there. This was De- Deontay Smith's reply. It means a lot to me. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of people from Augusta that get to make it uh, to this part of the uh, journey. And, you know, for me, I'm just trying to keep hope going for everybody else that has dreams like this. You know, it's not just me. God has helped me a lot along throughout this uh, process. He's been with me every step, guiding me, helping me stay mentally prepared and physically prepared. So just to let people know that anybody can do it, you just got to work for it. I asked Dante, Deontay Smith about uh, the new coaches uh, coming in uh, a couple of years into his career and also playing for uh, Coach Houston and the kind of culture now about the Pirate program and also uh, Coach Steve Shankweiler. You know, Coach Shank's a wily veteran and uh, what uh, it has uh, taught him to – uh, learn the finer points of being an offensive lineman from Steve Shankweiler. Having a new coaching staff was was very uh was uh not very different, but it was different for me. And uh, you know, I me, mean? I embraced it. I, I enjoyed like the different things that they were bringing in, especially like Coach Shank. He just broadened my mind to be being more mature about the way uh the game of football and 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 how uh how much it goes into not just knowing your position or what's going on around your position or in the box, but you know, you got to know more about everything that's going on. So you can see that something that's going to happen to you, or you could pick up on some clues or you could just, you know what I mean? Get that extra advantage. And then I followed up uh, asking Deontay about uh, the coach's input in his decision to not finish the senior year and concentrate on uh, the work he needed to put in towards achieving his dream to go to the NFL. Uh, yes, sir. I had a conversation with uh, Coach Houston and my uh, offensive line coach, and you know they gave me uh, great blessings and, and great cheers that I can go on and uh, strive for the next part of my dreams. And Deontay was asked about uh, what he felt like the strengths of his game are, and uh, dealing with uh, edge rushers and, and how he blocks in the passing game. Most definitely, it is an asset for me. Uh, for me, when I play, I try to mix in different things uh, and I give the same look consistently, especially with my hands or something of that nature. So, you know, uh, you know, that that is a asset for me. And, uh, you know, for me as a as a as a tackle or as an offensive lineman, period, you know, I just try to just try to work what's best for me and my body, along with what the coach is teaching me. So just a few minutes after that afternoon availability with uh, Coach Houston and with Deontay Smith, it was announced that the ECU football team will not practice or hold any other team activities effective immediately after an increase in COVID-19 cases. Anyone that tested positive for the virus will be isolated. Those who have been in close contact will be quarantined. This is a comment from uh, Director of Athletics, John Gilbert. We made the decision to pause all football activities after speaking with our medical staff last night and again this morning. I know it's frustrating for our student athletes, coaches, and staff but it is a stark reminder we continue to live in a pandemic. The safety of all individuals within the program remains our top priority. We will continue testing and make a decision early next week when we can return to activities. The Pirates, of course, have completed a handful of workouts since starting practice, spring practice, on March 19th. That is today's Pirate Report, and uh, we will be back to put the finishing touches on things. Ahead of ECU and UNC, next. Coverage with Clay Travis and the Dan Patrick Show. You guys are awesome. Weekday mornings on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. It's a new year, and Country Mart at Stokes has a new attitude.
Tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show, Brian Bowles, Walker Basketball, Track and Field. They've got their big annual event coming up this weekend, so uh, that is coming your way tomorrow, uh, 5 o'clock, right here on the flagship of Pirates, 94.3. The game a little bit away from ECU baseball tonight. Top 10 ranked Pirates taking on UNC. 6.30 is the first pitch. We'll get you out to uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium coming up in just a little bit. I got uh, this article sent to me today. I thought it was kind of interesting, and more and more I think this is kind of happening out there. Uh, according to a new poll by YouGov and Yahoo Sports, 34.5% of Americans are watching sports less today than a year ago. And they say it's because of politics. Now, 11% claim they watch more sports because of the political attitudes. That's interesting. But three times as many people said they're turning off sports broadcasts because of the messaging. The poll showed 56% don't want, don't watch anymore or watch any less because of the political messaging. So I, I'd probably be personally in that group. Uh, but this is interesting because there are some real issues. I mean, the NBA Finals hitting an all-time low. And, and you, look, it was kind of the only game in town in a way. I understand what was going on during a time of the year where there was football. But still, that, that came back to less than stellar ratings. Baseball had low ratings, even with a big market team like the Dodgers in it for the World Series. I just I think that that continues to possibly turn people off. Uh, that does, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. That, well, I mean, the NBA reacted to it almost immediately by not allowing those sort of things to happen uh, this year. But there are a lot of people who have turned off the sports because of the politics. And look, it's a sad reality, but it's a reality. It's where uh, things are right now. But uh, anyway, that's that poll is out. Uh, I do think that is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, okay, so tonight, uh, let's go with the Zags. Ben says by 30. I uh, I say a little tighter than that, and I I, I just can't go against Michigan here. I think they're gonna they're gonna knock off the Bruins. I think both games will be really good, better than in, in some ways than the uh, the late game of Baylor last night. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the transfer portal as well. Tweet that out. Stay tuned. We've got Pirate Baseball coming up, ECU and UNC. Pirates uh, will try to uh, avenge the loss last Tuesday, 8-1 at the Bosch. They'll uh, be doing it on a beautiful evening for baseball in Greenville on, uh, on Clark, at Clark LeClaire Stadium. It's, it's just an absolutely sensational evening out there. It is really, really the best weather of the season, one could uh, argue. And if you can live with the pollen, uh, you can... Uh, you can enjoy it tonight. If you can't make the game, uh, tune in right here. 94.3 The Game will have uh, coverage for you beginning in just a moment. And uh, we will also have pitch-by-pitch coverage starting at uh, 6.30. Thanks to Joe Dooley for coming on with us today. Thanks to Ben Byram as always. And uh, we will greet you tomorrow for the fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Pirates and Tar Heels on the diamond straight ahead.